Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Zipline Logistics Cast. My name is Jesse Jewett. Joined with me, as always, our Director of Training and Development, Teddy Lee Knox. Teddy, good morning. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Last day of the month here in January. It's a dreary January, but we're talking about something that's sunny and exciting, and that's LTL shipments. So exciting. It's the best. We're particularly talking about LTL freight classes. I wouldn't call that a sunny, but yes. <laughs> it gets me jazzed up after 17 cups of coffee this morning, finishing January strong. Basically, freight classes represent a standardized method of defining price for LTL freight based on the ease of movement. Rankings are defined by the National Motor Freight Traffic Association. Mm-hmm. All right, podcast over. <laughs> Done. Easy, right? Super, super simple. No, candidly, there's a lot of different freight classes out there. Um, we're going to walk through how we determine the freight class, clarifying what mode to use, if it's LTL or, or a different mode when you, when you have a higher freight class in most cases, mm-hmm. how those freight classes affect the rates, particularly the density, NMFC codes, dimensional rating, et cetera. So a whole laundry list of topics. Uh, around LTL freight classes in particular. So, first up, we are going to be talking about determining the freight class. So, four topics to discuss. Density, handling, liability, and stowability. Talk to me about density. So, I think one thing to it's important to comment before we go into that sure. is you need the class and the NMFC. Mm-hmm. When you're going LTL. And when I first started, that was not clear. I thought you just needed the class. Yeah. But there's those NMFCs determine the class a little bit further, the product further. And that's where you get into density. So, for example, my my favorite class, beverages, that I have the most experience with, class 60, is now a density-based class. So you no longer just put class 60 in the NMFC in that plug-in when you're booking the shipment. You have to actually go through and get the density of the product. And this shows you the higher of the density equals basically lower rates. Lower freight right? class. Yes. Sure. So, like, if you have a more dense product, there's more opportunities you have with that product because, mm-hmm. for example, bricks or stones... Those are going to be nice. a little bit more dense. You can stack things on top of them, creates more space in the trailer. Correct. A little bit easier to move around. There's not going to be as much overhang versus something like pillows or even bags of chips. That might be a little bit different to package. That density is different, and you can't stack things on top of that or even that on top of anything else. Correct. So that's kind of where density comes in, and you have to think about those things when you are shipping something, and that's where the mode will possibly come in. Absolutely, yeah. Density is pounds per cubic feet. Uh, As you mentioned, high density generally equates to lower freight class. And then obviously the lower density snack foods, some Mm -hmm. snack foods, chips, foam, peanuts. Mm -hmm. That's a higher freight class. And that will um, generally require higher rates because of the handling. Yeah. Which is actually our next topic, handling. So the ease of moving a product, essentially, because when you're thinking of LTL, you are moving it constantly from truck to terminal to truck to final destination. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be more handling. The easier it points, is to, yep. yes, the easier it is to handle, the better it's going to be. So the density does have a direct effect on that handling. If it's very difficult to move, 
also, if you think about LTL, a lot of LTL shipments that I've encountered have things like special requirements of delivery, like a lift gate or a driver assist. Mm -hmm. That goes into it as well. It's not just the simple fact of from A to B to C. There's a lot of different things that are involved with that handling that you have to think about for every shipment. Whenever I see handling in LTL, I think of uh, a Christmas story and fragile. The more fragile something is, the generally the higher the freight class will be, the more expensive it's going to be if it's going to ship on an LTL carrier. Yeah. So just shout out like, to Christmas Story and TNT. And just like anything else that you're shipping, if you're shipping something to someone from UPS, if it has more, if it is fragile, if it has any specific value to it, it's going to be more expensive to mm -hmm. ship it. Next up, we've got liability. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. The ability to be damaged, but I think with LTL and logistics in general, there's a lot of terms that go into damaged that you have to be aware of. So it's basically damaged or damaged adjacent that you have to be thinking about. So that includes, you know, any issues to the like cartons of the product, mm -hmm. any any leaking, any smells, if it's going to a perishability, shifting. Anything that could have a direct effect on the integrity of your product being sold to that final consumer. Interesting. That just popped in my head of we ship, we do ship some food ingredients, but this really goes for any LTL shipment, right? You, you have no idea. You have some idea of what's going to be on the LTL truck mm -hmm. with your product. So if it's packaged, maybe not necessarily poorly, but like exposed or, or, or something along those lines. I think of food ingredients, mm -hmm. like a, a heavy smell can get into those food ingredients. And that is not great for uh, the receiver, the manufacturing facility that's receiving yeah. a, a uh, food ingredients that even though it didn't touch the hay or oil drum, maybe the smell is infecting that food ingredient and that's a problem. Yeah. I always think of my kids' Halloween candy. If it sits together too long, the chocolate starts to taste like Twizzlers or you know, something else. Like, it's just weird. So you, you do have to make sure that you take that into account when shipping it because it's going to possibly be on that truck for a minute and in the warehouse as well. Much better analogy. Last but not least, <laughs> stowability. So this basically, I mean, all of these things, I'm hopefully you can see all the connections between mm -hmm. these things. But the stowability really, you know, the handling and the density and the liability go into that stowability. Because if you have light and bulky product, you can't stack anything on top of it. Mm -hmm. And some things you can't stack on top of anything else because of the liability of it. So that makes it really difficult for an LTL carrier to be able to, I guess, price it effectively or, you know, cost effectively because it is then essentially taking up more space than it actually is because it's taking up two spots instead of one because you can't put anything on top of it. Right. And I think that's really important to to remember. And then also the pallets themselves. So what you're packaging this on and what it's being packaged with, how long, how is it going to stay? Is it going to maximize space? And is it going to make it that entire transit without any shifting, without any problems, without any of that liability coming in? Great description. Yeah. In, in general, right. You think of like a, a pallet of, as you mentioned, beverages, right. That's a pretty easy one to kind of put your mind in. You got a, a 12 pack of, of a beverage, maybe a a seltzer water or something like that. And you can stack a bunch of cases and make a nice square, a four by four square, what have you. And it's pretty easy. It's wrapped. Mm -hmm. It's easy to move around. It's heavy, but it's, it's, it, yeah. it's 
for the right warehouse and the right drivers with the pallet jacks and the right equipment. It's easy to move around. Very. Then you take a 70-inch flat-screen TV, and in this case, you have seven of them. Mm-hmm. And think those aren't four by four. Mm-hmm. Those are oddly shaped. Maybe they're six feet long. Maybe you stack them on their sides so you can get them long ways. So now the pallet is six feet tall. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's four across. Like that's a lot more wobbly. That's a little bit yeah. more and that difficult doesn't to even include the amount of around. dunnage you need for something like that. Correct. Or the value of the product, right? Yeah. So that's what, you know, for our listeners out there, for our truck yeah heads out there, our fans speaking directly to you. That's the ment- the mental picture I want you to put in your head of like, you know, the, the harder it is to move around in a truck, the more expensive it's going to be in general. If you have difficulty getting in in your door, so will anyone else. Sure. <laughs> I like that. So now we're going to talk about the, determining whether LTL is the right mode. And we're going to talk about the other modes that you might utilize. But you certainly got to know your commodity, right? Pallet dimensions and weights. So these are all requirements to get the best price possible. I think that's what we're kind of really drilling down into yeah. when we're talking about this. Pallet dimensions, as mm-hmm. we talked about, maybe it's going to be a four by four beverage pallet, or it's going to be a four by six and a half feet uh, electronics. Length by width by height to determine the co- total cubic feet. Divide the weight of the shipment by the total cubic feet, and that's going to help you get the freight class. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to dive down a little bit deeper and get the NMFC code. Mm-hmm. And that'll help you determine the, the the total cost. Yeah, and the carrier as well. Correct. So with LTL, you want to find the right carrier for that specific commodity, receiver, and all of that goes into it. So really, this is, the I think, one of the most important parts of confirming if it needs to go LTL and what LTL carrier to go with. So if you skip this step, you're going to have a lot of problems. Correct. But there is a lot more that goes into it, which is why like it's hard to determine the mode. I think this is something that we struggle with in training all the time, and that's Mm -hmm. why I spend so much time on it. There's so much that goes into it. It's not cut and dry, so you really need someone to kind of help you or even, you know, talk about these things to figure out what the best instance is. Do you know of anyone that has a free calculator uh, for freight classes? I do, actually. It's um, Zipline Logistics. Ziplinelogistics.com backslash knowledge center backslash freight class. Look into it. We got a steady blog out there. It comes out bi-weekly here in 2024. It's got all the important logistics knowledge that you need. Check it out. It's on our website. You can look back. Previous blogs, we're updating them bi-weekly, and they're tied into the Truck Yeah podcast. What's up, truckers? Zipline Logistics will be sponsoring and attending Natural Products Expo West once again this year. If you haven't heard of it, Expo West is a trade show where CPG brands can network with the best healthy lifestyle buyers on the West Coast, and it's taking place in Anaheim, California on March 14th through 16th, 2024. Because Zipline exclusively serves CPG shippers, we continuously invest in shows like this to support our customers and the CPG community as a whole. We'll be set up at booth number 5555 and hosting a free happy hour on the 14th and serving free breakfast on the 15th and 16th. We're also offering free demos of our state-of-the-art shipping intelligence tool, Canopy, at our booth during show hours. For more information, check out the link in the show notes of this episode. We hope to see you there. Moving on. Well, I think I'm not ready to move on. Hold on. <laughs> I'm not ready yet. Beep, so, <laughs> beep, beep. Back it up. With that calculator, like I said, my preferred freight class, class 60, is no longer 
considered the same. It's now a density base. So you actually need to go to that calculator. These mm-hmm. classes and NMSCs change a couple times a year. And you need to track that. So you need to be using this calculator, whether it's zip lines or not. Obviously, zip lines is the best. So that's one you should go for. Sure. To actually confirm if you're booking this for the right class. Because if you aren't, if that paperwork is incorrect, you have a whole other headache coming your way that you don't need in logistics. So that's why it's really important to confirm you have the right class and you have the right commodity. And with that, like, that's when they get into the liability of it. If you have a high value product or liability with shelf life, there's some things that LTL will not take as liability or you cannot go with it through the claims process. That's why it's important to understand those things. Talk to your trusted partner about them and choose the right mode. Maybe it's partial, maybe it's full truckload, or maybe it's expedited or volume LTO. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of intricacies with all of those. And that's why this calculator is really important. I'm only a little passionate about that. Yeah, very passionate. (laughs) That's why she's the director of training and development, folks. How does the LTL freight class and density affect the rates? We talked about that a little bit, but let's let's dive a little bit deeper. So the lower your class, Mm -hmm. lower the rate is essentially it. So bricks, beverages are usually a lower rate because you have that stowability, you have the proper packaging. It's basically a little bit more effective for the LTL carrier themselves because the way the LTL works is it's your shipment plus a couple other shipments in that route, not like truckload where it's just your shipment from A to B. So you have to take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. So if you have something that's a little bit more desirable to stow and transfer, the rate will be a little bit more desirable as well. Two digits cheaper three digits rates are going up nmfc's hit me (laughs) (laughs) so it's a system standardized for ltl shippers to uniform pricing structure so each type of product is assigned an nmfc code that does correlate with their class as well so the class and the nmfc code will go hand in hand you have 18 freight classes between 50 and 500 and these exist to prevent incorrect classifications and keep freight costs as low and fair as possible. Like I said, if you do this incorrectly, they are going to, they as in the LTL carrier is going to reprice based off of what they see. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have that paperwork fee as well as the new class. And it'll be more difficult. If you can get it right from the first place, you can actually get the proper rate, get the proper mode and save yourself on a lot of costs. Do it right up front. To avoid the charges on the back end. Exactly. It may take an extra three to five minutes to do this, but can save you weeks or months of doing back work and arguing with carriers on why the rate was higher. And a lot of times, like, I, I am impressed with the way LTL carriers do this. They do a very good job of notifying you when something's been reweighed or reclassed in real time. So you see that even when it's still in transit. But there's nothing you can do at that point other than next time do it the proper way so you can learn a lot from that but there's not a lot that you can fight because the product is already there it's already on several trailers there's no way to dispute it because you no longer have the ability to figure out that exact pallet or that exact order so we you touched on it briefly your favorite class 60 Mm -hmm. beverages that is now qualified as dimensional yes or density Density. yeah right so so there's another rating tool. It's called dimensional rating that looks at the length, width, height, and weight of the product. Mm-hmm. And NMFC is calculated in there as well. But 
those are the kind of how they how the pricing works for the LTL departments. And we think our projection, prediction, what have you, is as we get technology that can measure those pallets mm-hmm. down to the centimeter, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly in down like the pounds, ounces, et cetera. We think that dimensional rating is going to be more popular. Yeah. It's going to progress. Yeah, so I can see that. watch this space for another update. Talk to me about fixed freight classes. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> Auto parts. So these are freight classes that are just basically set. They're not going to change. Yeah. So... Like you said, auto parts, it's due to the unchanging nature of the product. So unlike beverages, beverages change based off of how they're actually packaged, what they're packaged in, how many to a a case, how many to a pallet. And that can change by even the specific retailer you're going to, not just the vendor. Mm-hmm. But something that I always think of with this as well is FAK, freight of all kinds, which is different. Yeah. But I think that fixed freight class can sometimes be confused with that. Like people think mm-hmm. that they can have a fixed freight class within their rating and that's not that's not correct because it's not an actual auto transmission. When I think of fixed freight class, I think of funky products. Auto transmissions is has to be weird. Mm-hmm. Shipping on a pallet or like an engine block or something like that, that's not a four by four thing. That's a not even a typical cubic product. No. So that's why it's fixed. Like we could try and do this, but we're we're just going to call it this class and move on. So a couple things. We talked about uh, stackability and turnability impacting the rates. If it's more difficult, obviously that's going to drive the rates higher. The pre-work that we talked about, we always want to do the work ahead of time to avoid the back-end charges. What happens if the freight has incorrect shipping class codes? On your bill of ladings. So the easiest thing that happens is you get a reweigh and it's maybe a couple extra dollars up to a couple extra hundred dollars on mm-hmm. that shipment. Yep. But everything still goes according to plan. It still delivers. It just have an extra charge. It could be more difficult where it's actually refused at the time of pickup because it doesn't fit the qualifications mm-hmm. that were specified. It could be the wrong class and it causes issues if there is any damage and you have to file a claim. There's a lot of hidden things that you don't expect to happen and that you essentially get burned for if if they do. So there have been times where I found out we were using the wrong class the whole time mm-hmm. and got away with it. No problem. And we were lucky because then we hear someone else who wasn't so unfortunate with yeah. that and they had a claim and they actually only got the value of the class that they filed it for and not what the product was actually worth. Mm. So it's things things like that that you have to think about when you're doing this. It's, it's not actually saving you money. It's not actually saving you time. Yeah. You do this correctly in the first place, find the right carrier, find the right, right provider to help you get things like FAKs on certain carriers with customer-specific pricing. There you go. With certain carriers, that's where you're going to see those rates go down in a sure. different way. Yeah. So I think if you have that wrong code, you have issues with delays, with paperwork fees, and then worst case, the product not being fulfilled for what it's worth. Yeah, you open yourself up to headaches, charges, mishandling, damages, claims, etc. All of those things that we don't want to deal with, mm-hmm. that if you input the wrong information, there's a good, you know, there's a good chance that on the back end, it's going to be uh, difficult. I would say dirty data, dirty data results in messy situations. How about that? I like it. That's what I always say. 
Always. I've heard you say that a million yep. times. All right. So tips to lower your freight shipping class. Pallet configurations. Mm-hmm. Maximizing the space, right? We talked about beverages. A 12-case stacked row and then followed by a six-case stacked row. It doesn't make a lot of sense. We mm-hmm. want those aligned. We want those tight. We want that all to be efficient and maximizing it without any overhang, mm-hmm. right? No overhang problem. is when pallets overhang, when product overhangs on the pallet, mm-hmm. exposing for damages, maybe a little nick from a pallet jack or a forklift. Yeah. want to avoid that. What else can we do to lower the, the LTL freight shipping class? We talked about it on the BOL, <laughs> classifying it correctly, right? Mm-hmm. The open space inside the packaging, we want to minimize that as much as possible. The less dense your shipment will be, the better. Mm-hmm. What else did we miss as far as LTL is concerned? I think well, one of the things that we that I always remember doing on this floor is you mentioned the data. We have the ability to show you the data about all of your freight, especially LTL, where there are a lot of hidden fees, regardless of whether you do everything correct. Mm-hmm. And that's really nice to see to make sure that you are doing things correctly. Like, are your customers or retailers ordering things in weird cadences or weird configurations, we can show you how that's affecting your data so you can actually go back and sell differently. So things are more effective for your mode or switching modes. And I think that that's really important to do with LTL because those cadences make a big difference. Yeah. If you're shipping the same LTL order every single day, you need to track that. You need to see those trends and you need to be able to make some changes on it. Yeah, there's there's definitely uh, opportunities to where maybe one pallet every week Mm-hmm. would be beneficial if, if your uh, customer can handle it two pallets every other week. Exactly. That, that can potentially reduce your cost there. Make a big difference. And yeah. all of that data will also help with things like damages, delays. Or, or what trends are you seeing that we could actually change by confirming the class, changing the carrier, changing the process, or I mean, even helping with, with wrapping? We've talked to a lot of customers about the proper way to wrap pallets because We've seen a lot of damages, so we can mm-hmm. prevent a lot just by giving a little advice. Prior proper planning prevents poor performance. I Beautiful. got it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed. As always, you can give us a call and talk about this. You can talk about those five Ps, six Ps. I don't know. 888-GO-ZIPLINE, www.ziplinelogistics.com. That's the World Wide Web. Check it out. Teddy. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you, all of our listeners. Another edition of the Zipline Logistics Podcast. We'll see you next time.